What's up, everybody? Welcome to Browner and Lawhead. I'm John Browner, joined by, as always, Jason Lawhead here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. What a weekend we had, y'all. What a weekend we had. I mean, I guess it doesn't even depend on where you stand. It was just a great weekend. It was a great weekend to take in the sport. It was a great weekend just to kind of, I mean, the second game was what legends are made of. And the first game was, can we get this one over with? But there's a lot surrounding both those games. Uh, I think something tragic happened to LeBron. I'm not sure, judging by his reaction uh, <laughs> in the city of Boston. We'll get to some of that. We got a lot of coverage of a lot of things. Jason Lawhead is here with me. Everything you guys hear, you can find it on YouTube. You can find it on in the iTunes podcast store. Most importantly, you're live with us right now on the Mighty 290 ESPN. You can do that at Kaplan and Crew on the iTunes store and in the uh, YouTube so Jason, how's it going? Good, man. Good. It's so going our- good. It's a gloomy Monday, but it's uh it, it's always fun to come back to work and talk sports. Before we get to our uh this, this thing I want to start to show it, we had our picks, we did our John's list. Mm-hmm. Um you had 49ers mm-hmm. 23, 24, 23, mm-hmm. and you had Bengals 30 to 26. Mm-hmm. I had Eagles twenty-eight to fourteen, mm-hmm. which very close. close. Mm-hmm. I had Chiefs 31-28. right on the right on the spread. So, boom, the Johns list works, people. It works. Do it at home. Uh, you know, sometimes on this show we get a uh, a special insight when you when you partner with a person. It's very important that you have. Like qualities, but also different life experiences, because that's what makes the show. I think the show is good because we have a love for sports that is shared, but we also have very different lifestyles and paths that that brought us together here to do this show. One of the one of the things that I have been uh, 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 given the opportunity to and in, in hosting the show with Jason is one of his skills that he brings to the show is absolutely vital to sports because I want to start the show with how much error are we willing to accept in sports? Cause I got to tell you, it's not one sport. It's all sports at this point that I watch it's, it's baseball's getting rid of umpires behind the plate in the minor leagues. So that means it's coming to major league baseball and it couldn't come soon enough. We also what happened to LeBron at the end of the game where the, where the referees literally started a tweet by saying, we all make mistakes. These two playoff games, but the one that was in primetime and at night had so many glaring offensive and defensive mistakes in them. The last play where Patrick Mahomes got knocked out of bounds, that was an actual roughing the passer. It was clear that it wasn't even one in context. Having Jason on the show is very helpful in these types of moments. Because my question to, J- to Jason is this. Are we just overcritical of referees? Or are they getting worse because the game's getting so fast? Well, in, in, in basketball, I, I believe basketball is the most difficult game to ref in live action at any level. Right. So when you're at a high school varsity level and you've got the 
best refs that are at that level. You get to the NCAA, you've got the best refs that are at that level in the NBA, supposedly have the best refs at that level, as you do in all sports, supposedly. Um, but three guys on an NBA court, three guys on a college basketball court in California, only two. Uh, most high schools around the country have a three-man cruise, but with the abundance of California schools and the the numbers of refs, you know, it's a two-man crew. But with that being said, I think football is a bit more inexcusable than basketball. A baseball, you know, you as you mentioned, they're going to the robotic, at least home plate umpire. I think even though I was kind of against that for many years, in the last couple of years, when you see how many of these, you know, outside pitches are being called strikes, you sit there and go, it's time, right? And I'm even mm -hmm. come over to, I've even come over to the side of saying, it's time, right? It is. Um, I'll miss possibly the, the manager, you know, get, getting into the umpire's face like old school, but they don't do it. The personalities aren't there. The Earl Weavers, the Sparky Andersons, the Lufanellas, right. they, they ain't there anymore anyway, right? So, that's been whitewashed out. Um, basketball to me is, is, is a lot tougher, but at the pro levels, when you have replay and you have the ability to expand replay, instead of just keeping it in this little box, we can only replay this and you can't challenge that. And this can only be replayed and you can only look at this. And if you can't look at that, I mean, let's get to the point where, you know, uh, Everything's so much invested in pro sports with it with the so dollars and cents, right? So much money so is much. invested, and I'm not even talking about the the Johnny Gambler out there that gets kind of screwed in the in the ordeal. We're talking about the players, right? Who cares about the fans? We're talking about the guys that spill the blood, sweat, and tears that go through training camp, that go through the two a days, that go through the injuries, that go through the rehabs, that go through free agent, go through another team, go through a trade you know, go through new coaching changes, all the things that are challenges for these guys that put their whole life on the line and, and invest everything. It's unfair to them at the end of the day when there's bad officiating. So I thought yesterday, you know, uh, we'll probably talk, talk football and then we're going to talk, you know, basketball here with, mm -hmm. with what happened to LeBron on Saturday night. Um, but I, I thought yesterday was really bad in Kansas City. And, you know, uh, I think that's to a point where you the NFL really has to address this if they care in the offseason. And See, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's a matter of caring. I really don't. I don't think it's a matter of caring. I think that they, this idea that human error is a part of the sport is such a slap in the face of how we watch the game, right? Like you and I could watch the game from this if we wanted to anywhere mm -hmm. on the planet. We could watch sure. the game from this. The technology that goes into that and then you watch the game and there's still grown men running with a 10-yard marker. You can't put a chip in the ball where it doesn't affect the weight where you know the exact spot where the where where progression stopped on a football, so we don't have to run these two overweight guys out to see how far close it is to the ten, the ten yards. Like what? We, the NFL is a Neanderthal when it comes to using technology within their sport. 
because I honestly think that they think that adds intrigue to the game. And I don't think it does. I think you are hurting guys who are literally risking life and limb. Now we do know it's life, but we've always known it was limb. Yeah. Out there on the field because you don't have full-time referees. Like, you don't have guys who in the offseason, because it's a billion-dollar industry, so don't tell me they don't have the money. Right. It's a billion-dollar industry. You can't have referee school when you don't have the regular season. You can't have referee school where these guys are required to go report to New York, every single one of them, and spend a week every month training, looking at the plays that went wrong. How can we be in a better position for this? Should we take this rule out completely? Should we change this rule completely? Because these guys are either out of position or what are they looking at? Like, what are they looking at? Like, some of these plays, I would love to know that referee at a podium after the game, what did you see on this play? They don't do it. They, yeah. they're, they're absolved. And what's crazy is they invented replay. The NFL invented it. They brought yes. it to the table. They yes. brought it to the forefront. The reason every other sport that uses replay uses replay is because the NFL thought we're missing some calls. Let's bring in the replay. And since they brought in the replay, the game has evolved to way more throwing, way more yep. athleticism, way more speed, way more just, you know, you know, in the in the case of the Devonte Smith catch, right? That wasn't really a catch. Here, why don't we do this? Why don't we just say, "Hey, we have to review every touchdown to see if it was a touchdown, to see if it right." Even when it's a clear touchdown, they still do a Peer quick review. review just to make sure nothing was juggled, nothing. Not, all right, they still. Why not? If every catch that that goes to the turf. Why isn't that just quickly reviewed? They can change that rule tomorrow. They can say every catch that isn't a clear catch with yards after the catch, with a run after the catch, they they will look at whether the ground caused the fumble every time. They will look at that even if they miss it. They'll look at that. Why don't they look at every catch that eventually goes to the turf, one-handed, two-handed, whatever it is, the catch that goes to the turf and is down, look at it. Just look at it really quick. Look at it and go every angle. You got 50 angles. Now this isn't 1972 when Franco Harris picked off the immaculate reception and there was only two cameras and you there was no ability to ground, replay. Right. And you had to go, well, yeah, I mean, I guess he picked it up because that camera was over here and this, we had two cameras on the whole game. I mean, so to me, it's insane that they brought this to the forefront and they are the ones that are the furthest behind mm -hmm. in replay when you talk about baseball, basketball, hockey. It's incredible. And so, you know, uh, and then to just pick and choose what you're going to throw a flag at, right? I mean, right. you know, yes, was the Patrick Mahomes, uh, was that a, a unnecessary roughness out of bounds? Yes, that always is. We've seen it a million times. We've seen Correct. that called before instant replay was even invented. That would be a penalty. They would show that again, and everybody would go, oh, yeah, that's an easy penalty to call. But the drive before that, where the Bengals punted, Joe Burrow got knocked back down after three and a half seconds that he got rid of the football. We see roughing the passers on guys that are literally on contact with the quarterback while he still has the ball in his hand, and after he throws it, if they take another step or two and hit him to the turf, we're seeing flags all season long all games long, you know, and 
so you sit there and you go, wait, what are you picketing and choosing? Everybody on that third down ran a that third nine that they just came back and said, well, no, it's third nine again. Do it again. Everybody everybody played that play. Everybody played that play. It went Uh. to fourth, fourth and five. And then they said, no, some of the play clock, let's do it again. And then on the next possession, they call a defensive holding <laughs> on Eli Apple, which was a ticky tackle and itself. And then they get a first down. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs got three crucial first downs off of penalties last night. So well, I, 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 I honestly felt like it was bad all around because there were a lot of people. Oh, this is rigged. See, this is they want the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Look, man, I, I don't believe in any of this rig madness. I think that there there have only been really three plays in my sporting life. Well, one I know is rigged because the referee told everybody it was. After that, well, so now I guess it's two. With the the play when uh, the pass interference occurred in New Orleans, it was so egregious that no one threw a flag on that. That has to be there's some corruption somewhere because you can't see that and then go. Like, and then for one year the NFL implemented you can challenge a pass interference and then after that one year they was like no that's too much of a headache let's pull that rule back correct I mean, right wait what so I, I so this weekend I don't think they uh, to answer our original question I don't think they're ever gonna fix it because no. it, it it creates more drama for the game regardless of how bad it actually looks on video. When you rewind it, regardless of how cheap they look as a as 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 a league, when you can't afford to pay two officials to sit up in the box in the bra or out in the truck where they're broadcasting the game, and the second the play happens, they can watch a replay in the truck and go, "Hey, that's not a catch." Because Devontae Smith thing now did it have any bearing on whether or not they won the game? Hell no. The Niners got clean, but getting it right takes all the speculation out of it. Getting it right, well, all the technology, all the all the athleticism, all the greatness we're seeing. I'd never want that, like I would never want Patrick Mahomes' performance to be tainted with a call at the end that didn't that that wasn't that wasn't up the middle. I just don't want that. I I I want the I want these games to be as clean as we possibly can get them. And, but I just don't think we're going to. No, I mean, if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm really upset today. I'm pissed. I'm, I'm pissed. pissed at a lot of calls, and then I'm also pissed at the fact that we don't get that on Burrow to extend the drive. And maybe we don't go down and score, but maybe we we able to milk the clock down to an overtime matchup, and all of a sudden it's anybody's ball game in overtime. I'm upset if I'm the Bengals on yesterday. Yes, yesterday uh, in, in Philadelphia, I think the better team won. Yeah, uh, you know, you don't know. Maybe yeah, things could change. Devontae Smith, does, they 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 rule that incomplete. San Francisco takes over over here. Maybe as the offense unfolds, Purdy never gets himself into that other situation where he's hit on the arm. But at the end of the day, Philly was the better team. They look almost historically good. If they mm-hmm. go out and they take care of business in two weeks against the Kansas City Chiefs, you're going to have to call this team historically great on the measures of all the great teams we've seen that we've gone, wow, man, after they've won the Super Bowl. Wow, man. 
that's historically great because there's some Super Bowl champions out there that will never even be historically great up against possibly some teams that just didn't win the Super Bowl because sometimes the best team doesn't always win. Right. But if Philadelphia goes out and handles it in two weeks, you're going to have to sit there and go, hey, <laughs> this is one of the historically great football teams we've ever seen play the game. So we, there's a lot of aspects to discuss in these games, and we're going to get into a lot of it. Just a brief touch on what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes. I <clears throat> I don't know what more people need to see and how they rate quarterbacks, but he's he has the most tools of any quarterback I've ever seen. Now, I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, he's the greatest quarterback ever because a lot goes into that. But what I will tell you is I've never seen someone be able to make every throw, be smart enough to see the defenses, read them, make adjustments, make throws, to be nimble enough to be able to avoid defenders, to get the angle running on one leg, to see his performance with receiver after receiver after receiver going down. I've watched Justin Fields, and I don't want to make this a Chicago thing because this is a Patrick Mahomes thing. I watched Justin Fields play football for the Chicago Bears, and I keep saying he needs more weapons. He needs more weapons. He needs more weapons. Well, you just saw Patrick Mahomes be great as guys were literally falling off on the side. Mm -hmm. And he just kept it moving, kept it moving, kept it moving. He kept Travis Kelsey stayed in the game, but he was hurt too. So when you have a guy elevating like that and taking everyone with him as he elevates, Valdez Scandling did none of that on the Packers, by the way. Aaron Rodgers had the same guy. Didn't look yeah. like this. Didn't look like this. So the guy's an elevator, man. He's a leader. And what he saw, what he did on Sunday was truly, to me, one of the best performances you can see in a modern-day football game. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, uh, what Patrick Mahomes was able to do, um, because I still think Cincinnati's the better football team overall. I really could do. be. They I think be. they are. I think they are. And I don't think, you know, obviously Joe Burrow threw the two picks. I mean, one was oh, right we on get the money. We're going to get to him. One right on the money, though, where that was tipped ball. That ball is right on the money. It's a great defensive play that tips. The one thing, though, Kansas City doesn't, they don't execute on those two turnovers. So the two turnovers theoretically didn't hurt him. Whereas Cincinnati was able to go down and score after the Mahomes fumble, which was interesting that they weren't able to win that game. But with a, with a, with a beleaguered offensive line on the right side early on, you know Kansas City had a great game plan. They 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 were able to take advantage early to set the tone, and then mm -hmm. they were able to just kind of you know keep keep things going even when that Bengals offensive line started to adjust a little bit. Um, but what I saw Patrick Mahomes do yesterday, and as you said, he brought the best out of Scantling, by the best you'll ever see out of Scantling. He got what he always gets in that two man game with Kelsey, and uh, yeah, man, I mean. Is he the greatest quarterback ever? As you said, that's hard to say, especially with the guy that's in Tampa that's done everything he's done at, at right. that position. Uh, you know, if he goes out in two weeks and beats this Philadelphia team and, and goes and does what he did yesterday in a way against this Philadelphia defense. Because, by the way, this will be a better defense than Brady's ever faced in the Super Bowl and beat it. No doubt. No doubt. I think the only – I think that, you know, that, that – second Giants or that first Giants defense is the only thing that's comparable. But they beat when them. They were, no, they, they were, but I'm saying, they beat the Giants, beat the Patriots. I'm talking about if, if he's right, win. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's it. That's the, that's the only defense you can, I think, even measure up that mm -hmm. he's faced. 
is that first Giants defense that uh, that beat that 16 and 0 team. Mm-hmm. Um so but if Mahomes beats this team, then the then the argument really closes. Really really closes up. And I don't care, seven or not, six with Belichick. If, if if Mahomes wins that second one against this defense, with like you said, the 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 the, the team that he has right now, it's not a bad team. I'm not saying it's so well coached. So well, right, well of course not. But man, that would be an historic type of type of win, and that would put him in an echelon that you could only really say Brady and Montana are in the conversation with him. You are listening to Brown and Lawhead here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. We had, we're covering this week's football games. Like we said, when the show started, there is so many more things left to go. We've got a long way to go for everything you've missed. Always head over to the iTunes podcast or over to YouTube, like, share, and subscribe to the show. Brown and Lawhead. We're part of the great friends podcast network. Who blew the game on the Bengals side of the ball. You'll be shocked. When we come back, Brown and Lawhead. The return, Brown and Lawhead here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN coming with you, coming to you Monday through Friday. Wrong. Monday through Wednesday, <laughs> 6 to 7 p.m., three times a week, as we always say here on this show. By the time you get to us, you already know the news. We're just here to have fun with the facts. That's what we do. I'm John Browner. Jason Lawhead is, as always, my co-host. We... <clears throat> have been talking about how much error can we take at this level of professional sport? How much level as a fan are you willing, how much error are you willing to take as a fan going into these games? For everything that you didn't hear, you can always head over to the iTunes podcast door and over to YouTube at Brown and Lawhead under the Kaplan and Crew banner to, to catch up on that. Uh, Jason, before I went to break, mm-hmm. or we went to break, I said, who do you say? Who do you think lost the game on the Bengals side of the ball? Because obviously we know that the Chiefs won it. Who on the on the Bengals side do you think lost the game for them? Well, I mean, I don't know if anybody lost the game. Obviously, the you know the last play of the game, uh, you could say Chiefs got away with a blatant holding call on a side. I mean, the guy was being held on the right, on the left side of that line all the way through, and he was about to get a sack on Mahomes, and then he chased Mahomes to the sideline, and he made the bonehead play. He made the bonehead play, but I don't know if there's anybody to blame. I think what happened was they were outlasted in that game. Um, I thought being down early as they were with the collapse of that right side of the offensive line, it looked like it was going to be another blowout. I thought we were going to have blowout Sunday early on. And I, I really think that Zach Taylor again showed how much of a better coach he just becomes and, and his staff. And I thought that they, they reigned in Kansas city. I mean, when you look at both teams, neither of them could run the ball. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they, both teams got pressure. Uh, obviously, Kansas City got a lot more pressure and disruption on Burrow because of that offensive line. And when the running game, the offensive line couldn't hold up and, and even the, and help the running game. And Mixon and P. Ryan were, were struggling, as, as was Pacheco. I mean, I think, you know, look at the team stats. I mean, they only ran for 40-some yards. Uh, the Chiefs only ran for 42 yards for the whole game. Um, penalties were huge. Nine penalties for Cincinnati, four penalties 
for Kansas City, and that's where the Bengals, I think, are are going to be really sore at this one. But in the long run, I said in the long run, this is probably the best thing for the Bengals is that they probably lost this game because if they go in and play that Philly team with that offensive line, they'll get Burrow killed. They probably save next year for Burrow by losing that game in the long run. But I don't know if there's a guy to blame. I don't know. I mean, it's easy to say Asai is a 22-year-old kid who played his heart out and made a bonehead mistake at the end. Um, you know, the two interceptions Burrow threw didn't hurt that team. They didn't come back and score on those. I thought he was, you know, obviously running for his life. Even after the intentional grounding late, he was able to make the first down to Hayden Hurst to move the chains. And, you know, the big sack came. There was calls that he could have got the roughing the passer call that they never gave him. And then the holding call on a side that that didn't happen. And so did Kansas City get all the breaks? Sure, they did. Did Patrick Mahomes still play unbelievable football? Absolutely. Um, were both teams so well coached and so well prepared? For sure. Uh, you know, and and so, you know, the end of the half ended with, you know, Cincinnati adjusting their read and being able to close the half with some momentum and then get the second half going. And it was a it was a it was too bad that that game didn't go into overtime and and see how it played out from there. But I don't think there's anybody to blame. I think you'll blame Joe Burrow, by the way. I think you're setting this up. But I, I don't see how you can really blame one person um, on Cincinnati. I think they were just outlasted in a game that just they didn't get the breaks in. I still if think they're, I still think they're overall Burrow, the better team. If I'm, And this is why if I'm Joe Burrow, I'm real mad at the man in the mirror. I'm real mad at me because if I play better – we win that game. I've played with a bad offensive line before. This isn't the first time this offensive line has been kaput. I've done this before. I also, I beat this team before. They're better, but after the first quarter, they couldn't touch me. Unless it was illegal. Because if I'm him, Patrick Mahomes is going to get a king's praise going into the Super Bowl. And if I'm Joe Burrow, I'm like, I could have out, I, I should have outplayed him. Everything was there for me to outplay him. And I didn't. I should be going to back-to-back Super Bowls. But I'm not because I didn't, I didn't go up another level. I thought that, I thought that like you did. Watching this game, I was like, damn, Cincinnati's better. Because after the first quarter, after they had those three sacks, I think it was three or four sacks in the first quarter, the offensive line settled down. Everything. And in the second half, in protection, like the, they did, but they never got off the ball in the running game. And no I think one ran the ball. No, no one. But ran I the mean, ball. Cincinnati's MO is even if we're only getting a couple yards of carry, you know, let's run the ball and get, you know, get, you know, the longest run was that Burrow sneak when he played, ran that play clock down. He saw the open in the field. I mean, the, that was the longest run. Mixon never got longer than a seven yard run. And it, you know, Mixon has a seven yard run. And then, the next seven of his seven other carries were only for 12 yards a total. So they couldn't if run the ball. If we're, but again, and this is, this is why it's so important that he should be seeing it this way because neither could the other team. Right. It wasn't as if Pacheco went for 95 yards. It wasn't as if somehow the chiefs found something in the, in the Bengals defense and exposed it in the run game. It was all Patrick Mahomes. It was all Patrick Mahomes. And if what I was watching, the Bengals be better on defense, especially 
and just not be able to cash it in on offense. Like those two interceptions went nowhere. Literally, they went nowhere. And we talked about this. The Chiefs had an extra down. And it went nowhere. And it went nowhere. So yeah. he had a ton of chances. Do I yeah. think he, he threw a beautiful ball to Hayden Hurst in the, that they had to settle for their first three? That thing was yep. right on the money, and the t- yep. that should have been caught. He hits Jamar Chase in the freaking helmet. That stalls that drive. That was mm-hmm. a big play. I mean, that ball, that second ball that was tipped in interception, that was just such a great tip drill play. That was just a great defensive a great play. play. That ball was right on the money. If that hand doesn't get there, Higgins makes that catch, probably mm-hmm. lumbers for another five or six yards, and they're in that red zone again. I mean, it, that's what I mean. The breaks. Did Patrick Mahomes play better than Joe Burrow? Of course. Yes. But I don't know if you can sit there and go, you know, Joe Burrow could have played better but he probably could have played better out of the gate early when he was getting his life almost killed. And that was, a, that was tough for them. They went into the halftime with six points. Um, and because a lot of it was in that, in that first quarter, they just, I mean, it was just it, walls were caving in on him. I was, I was text. I, I was in a text conversation and I was telling people Cincinnati's got them figured out the Cincinnati offense in the second half has this, this chiefs defense figured out. They just couldn't seal the deal. They couldn't seal the deal. You, you, and no one's going to talk about this, but you punt the ball with 30 seconds left up the middle of the field, and this guy runs the ball bad. back to the 50. That was like, bad. So I, I, I don't know if I look at Zach Taylor because of that, or do I look at the special teams coach? Like, the chances were there. They just weren't utilized, and in that point, that's why I feel like it's Joe Burrow who should carry this bag far more than this kid who made this dumb bonehead play because he was great up until that point, too. Well, and everybody so, was. I just don't think yeah. they got the breaks. I just think, you know, could, could have Burrow played better? Sure. But I think he played really well to win that game. I, I think did too. The, I think the game plan that Cincinnati had to win that game was implemented. Like I said, I do too. man, that ball hits Jamar Chase in the helmet. Usually that guy does not miss that. Jamar Chase, that's just a bad break. Then the like the ball to Higgins, that's just one of those breaks, a tip drill. If it gets tipped down and it doesn't get intercepted, it, they live another day on that drive possibly and keep going because, you know, I felt like they were starting to break that chief defense down and it was mm-hmm. those two big key moments. The early on Hayden Hurst not catching that t- touchdown to get seven instead of three on that early drive, and you know, and then the other thing is Mahomes throw that throws that dart touchdown. I mean, that thing came close to getting knocked down or picked. I mean, that Cincinnati defender was right there, but a great throw. So it, I just think it was little breaks, and then I still think when you look at it. 2320 it would have it would have been great to see that game going to overtime. I thought it deserved overtime and then and then you could sit there and you could tell Joe Burrow look in the mirror if you didn't win that one in overtime against Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes in Kansas City outlasted a team that I think is better. And I, I think they're the, better. I felt the, I felt the same way last year when the Bengals outlasted the Chiefs on the last second field goal. Right. And so turnabout is fair play and I think is. that's what we got here. That was a great game. That was a championship game absolutely now as we switch sides to the nfc i gotta i gotta tell you man i woke up this morning i felt really bad for kyle shanahan i felt really bad for the san francisco 49er fan base because what more could kyle shanahan have done 
like now, I mean, personally, I'm glad the, the Brock Purdy experiment is over because I just kind of really felt like this was a Kyle Shanahan creation. And when Josh Johnson rolled out there and completed a couple of passes, I was like, ain't no way Josh Johnson going to lead them to a win against this team. And then the real Josh Johnson showed up because he can't yeah. catch a snap. So with everything that happened in that first game, with the Purdy getting off to a six-for-six six start, with it looking like this was going to be a slugfest, it looked like we were going to get what we got in the second game and the first game. But when you have your – and hear me when I say this. When you have your fourth quarterback, your fourth quarterback, now the season's riding on him, a guy who wouldn't be in the league if the other two if, – if the other one and two weren't carted off the field at some point, and now the third one's being sitting on the sideline with his arm duct taped to his side. So – I. Josh Johnson is not good. And the fact that I don't know if people expected Kyle Shanahan's offense to, to, you know, raise Jesus from the dead offensively, he can't. He can only do so much. He's only so limited. But I thought the 49ers put up fight, man. I really thought that they did. Well, yeah, I think everything that could have went wrong for the 49ers did, starting with yeah. that starting with that Devontae uh, uh, Smith catch that wasn't a catch, and then Purdy's elbow – because their defense hung in there for a long time. As long as if, they if, could, if, man. if Devontae Smith, if they rule that a catch, and they, if Shanahan, his, I thought Shanahan's only mistake was probably not throwing that red flag. I think right there on a four, what do you have to lose? It's the first half, first drive. Even if you right. lose the challenge and you lose a timeout, you're losing a first half timeout. Throw the challenge. You get the ball now. Now you get the ball, and they don't have seven on the board. The other one was when it was seven to seven. McCaffrey makes the touchdown. The next drive, San Francisco's defense is putting up a fight, and they get two cheap, ticky, tack, illegal contact, defensive holdings in the secondary yeah. that push that drive forward and gives Miles Sanders another chance to score. Now it's 14 to seven. Now, 14 to seven, Josh Jacobs in there. I mean, they. There, nothing could go right for, for San Francisco. Then it's still 14-7. Early, it's still 14-7. They get, I'm sorry. Then it finally gets to 21-7. Mm-hmm. And at 21-7, they're not out of the game yet because their defense, I mean, you look at it over the course of the game, it looks like Philadelphia kills them. Philadelphia only averaged 3.8 yards per play. Niners, 3.6 yards per play. They, they Now, the Philly ran 70 plays to the 49ers, 45, because once Purdy was out and Jacobs was figured out and he was he was knocked mm-hmm. out, they had no chance. But what I'm saying is 21-7, you're still not out of it because you feel like maybe our defense can get a seven points. Then they throw that horse crap <laughs> roughing the punter where he gets pushed into him. And, and Kyle Shanahan had every – reason to blow his top he had more reason to go crazy than lebron did the other night on on that on that last call because he was pushed into the punter they pushed that drive they give him 15 and a first down and san francisco's backs were broken because now it was 28 7 after that touchdown instead of getting the ball back down 21 7 with a quarter to play maybe mccaffrey makes some magic again and can get that thing to you know, a seven-point game again at 21-14, maybe. And maybe the defense has a chance to come up big. But after that, it was wiped out. Now, Philly was the better team. They have so many weapons. Brown, mm-hmm. Smith, I mean, Masan, you know, so much. That defense is relentless. I mean, they're bone breakers. And Clearly. So, um, look, but everything that could have went wrong went wrong for San Francisco tenfold.
I don't <clears throat> I don't want to make this sound like I am what anti-eagle, so to speak. But they had a very easy road to get to where they're at. And Jalen Hurts did not look good. He got the job done. They crossed the finish line, but it didn't look pretty. And I guess at this time of the year, you just need to do it. It doesn't need to necessarily look pretty. But I I really woke up this morning feeling bad for the 49ers and really looking at the Eagles going, I like that defense. I really like that defense. The defense is great. That's, and that's I like the only AJ. way they're going to win that game. They're not going to win this game out shooting Kansas City. They're no, going to win it stuffing Kansas City down to 20 points. And this is and and this is this is going to be a place where these are two guys who are up for MVPs. And I there's so many storylines heading into this. We'll have plenty of time to kind of really parse these things one by one by oh, yeah. one as two, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But in, in relation to last night's game or yesterday's game, I really found myself asking a question of as I'm preparing for this, do I really fear the Eagles offense? Because I like their defense. I really do, but they're Watching Jalen Hurts, who appears to, quote-unquote, be hurt, he doesn't look like he did when he was up for MVP. I think he's going to have to have some type of shoulder shoulder procedure when the season is over. I think that the Eagles are doing a good job of covering it up, and they're doing a good job of managing him as he goes. But if they're, if they're going to win, he got to be better, and I don't, I, I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to. Like I said, we could get into that down the line, but – that game was that game was terrible. It was unsatisfactory. But at the end of the day, I think we got the the best two possibilities to play in the game because the Brock Purdy thing. Uh, I wish that young man a lot of luck. I really do. It would have been nice to see him at least be able to play the whole game without Correct. having to get you know sacked two or three, four times, whatever it is that he would have had to go through. But it still would have liked to have seen them have that ability to a play chance. with the guy that they've played with that helped get him there over this course of this run. You know, seven first downs off penalties for the Eagles, none for the 49ers. And as I <clears throat> yards per play, 3.8 for the Eagles, 3.6 for the 49ers. You know, if, when you look at a lot of the intangibles here offensively, Philadelphia, when you look at the fact that they had 38 minutes of time of possession or 37 to 23 time of possession, um, three turnovers, San Francisco, none for the Eagles, uh, 25 first downs to 11 uh penalties 11 on the 49ers four on the eagles it, it you kind of feel like that that score should have been 48 to 7 not 31 to 7 when you look at those kind of numbers correct and yet here we are and i'm casting doubt on them i'm casting doubt on them so i i, I it's gonna I, be maybe, interesting it's Mahomes and kelsey versus that defense maybe i will change my opinion as we get closer to the game and I look at to, and I'll probably watch a couple Philly games from a different standpoint to kind of see maybe I'm missing something. But for the road that it took them to get there, I don't, I don't know. I would have preferred for them to be really challenged from an from an offensive standpoint, and they just and they just weren't. But before I, before we go, I'm gonna let me let me show you guys this in listening. This LeBron James play, I don't. <laughs> I don't got no problems with LeBron. I really don't, man. I, I I live in a different space with LeBron. I LeBron is great. LeBron's one of the greatest players ever. But look, man, if you're gonna if you're gonna 
lose it, <laughs> for lack of a better word, if you're going to lose it like this. So LeBron James feels like he he he's fouled on this play. And his behavior yeah, it was weird. The game's in overtime. It, it, let me repeat. The game's not over. It's simply going into overtime. Right. It's and a I regular that, season game. It's not a playoff game. I get that he, he wants to win because the Lakers are struggling. But, bro, if you're the a, a bunch of your fans, then you're the greatest player ever. And that's what you do? And then after that, stink it up in the overtime? As opposed to being like, I got fouled. Y'all didn't call it. Now I'm going to hammer everybody. I'm going to the basket every time. Because now the refs will fill the squeeze and give him the calls. He babies. He taps out. And the Lakers lose another one. Yeah, it was strange. You know? Um, and it wasn't like such an egregious. Like in real time. You didn't even see in, it. In real time. I'll give I, I, the only defense I'll give those refs is in real time. You can miss that. I mean, mm -hmm. you can miss that kind of, it wasn't a chop on the arm. It wasn't right. a whack on the arm. It was a, uh, it was kind of a little, you know, kind of a touch on the arm. And as a guy that's that big and strong, he, he should have at least been able to try to, that thing should have finished stronger than it finished. Even Correct. with the foul. I mean, he kind of airballed it after that. Um, and, and you still have to play through that contact to try to get the end one. All those guys know that whether you're getting mm -hmm. pulled down by the show, these guys still try to get one off and roll one in to get the end mm -hmm. one on much harder fouls than that. So, yeah. And I thought it kind of just deflated the Lakers in going mm -hmm. into that overtime and, and Boston knew they had them beat mentally and psychologically, even though they were probably outplayed on the floor except for that last four or five minutes when they were down seven and they were able to get it to, tied to the, to that last possession. Do, do better, Bron. Do better. Of great things comes great expectations. We'll see y'all tomorrow, Peace. Brown and Lawhead. Peace.